Welcome to the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa, where we talk about dating to divorce and everything in between. Welcome back to the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. So, Poppy, have you had a great holiday season? We've taken a little bit of break from Thanksgiving and getting ready to go into the holidays. Oh, man, it was good. Um, you know, spent some time with the family, lots of scrumptious food. So really no complaints. And I am uh, trying to get ready for Christmas. <laughs> it feels like it's already almost here. Oh, my God. It goodness. is. It absolutely is. And I don't like doing the last minute shopping. So I'm trying to get ahead of the curve. But yeah, I love the holidays. I do, too. I do, too. I especially love going to see the lights and you know, just the festive air. People seem to be, um, you know, in a much happier spirit. But uh, as we're going to talk about today, not everyone um, is is feeling cheer. Um, we're talking today about dating violence and knowing the signs, um, knowing how to stay safe, how to get safe. Uh, if you are experiencing dating violence um, or domestic abuse and um you know, it's a pretty serious show, so we wanted to make sure that people were aware uh, that this show may cause triggers. Uh, it may cause some very strong emotional responses. Um, you know, um, Jorge and I are not licensed therapists. We're not pretending to be, but this is a very um, real topic. It is going on and is going on at, at really high rates. Uh as Poppy, you and I both discovered in our research on the show th this week. Um, and we really wanted to put it out there for people because the holidays tend to be one of those times where, um, you know, people have strong emotions and uh, things start to bubble out of the surface and people start to lose control a lot of times. Uh, so what should be a happy time can be you know, very scary and very, um, very dangerous, honestly, for a lot of families. So we really wanted to bring this topic to light um, before the new year. And hopefully the information may be able to help someone out there listening uh, to be aware of the signs. And also, Poppy, not even just in adult relationships, but, you know, looking at young, young people dating and dating violence in those relationships. So parents learning how to see the signs of if you have a young person who is dating and may possibly be experiencing dating violence as well. So it's going to be um, a very meaty show, um, but definitely one that we wanted to do and um, just felt like it was, it was necessary. I mean, it's definitely, um, the thing is, is that, I feel like some people are in abusive relationships and they really don't know that they are. And that's what's scary about it because once that becomes your norm or once that becomes what you're used to, then you really don't know. And there's a lot of people who don't share a lot of things um, about you know, their relationships. So you can see your brother, your uncle, your sister, and you may have no idea they're there in an abusive relationship. Exactly. And you know, something you said just now, you may see your brother or your sister. You know, a lot of people don't realize that men 
are uh, they are are victims too. We so often think of them as perpetrators and don't really understand that they are uh, victims as well. And we're going to have a guest on uh, today. And we're trying to make sure we can get our, our guest in uh, to tell her story. But we do want to make sure that people know that dating violence is not just about women uh, being victimized, but there there are accounts. And I was very surprised at the numbers um, and how high uh, it's not as high for men as it is for women, of course. But uh, there were high numbers of men who were um abuse survivors or victims of, of abuse in various forms. So we definitely are going to highlight some of that. So um, we want to be able to bring um, our guest in and we're going to try and see, it looks like she may be having some technical difficulties. Uh, so we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. Hello, we're back, and um, it looks like we have Danielle on the line with us now. Hi, Danielle. Hello. Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. Uh, I know we've had a little bit of technical difficulty in trying to get us here, but we're here, and we're so thankful that you were willing to come in and share your story with us today. And thank you for having me. So um, I guess just to start us off, if you can just tell us a little bit about um, how you, how did you end up as, um, as a domestic abuse survivor? That's nothing, you know, when we grow up and dream about what we're going to be as adults, that's never in the bio as a kid, you know, how did you find yourself in a relationship where that was, that was even possible, Danielle? I ignored a lot of what is known as red flags. Uh, I didn't know really what red flags were, what to look for. Uh, Not having my dad really in my life as he worked so much um, growing up. So I looked up to a lot of the men that I dated and I thought what they were giving me and how they were treating me was supposed to be the way I was supposed to be treated Um, until it just got to that point where I realized and I started doing research on my own and realized that, no, this is not how you're supposed to be treated. And I refuse to still be treated like that. And I decided to, to leave. Well, can you tell us specifically, and I think as a part of education and what we're doing on the show for people is trying to help them get to, you know, healthy relationships, um, successful relationships. What were some of the red flags that you missed? The boy would go or the man would go uh, too quickly into the relationship saying, I love you when we've only known each other, maybe for like two, three weeks. Mm. always wanting to spend time with me, which, you know, you think that's awesome because new relationship, they want to spend time with you and it, you just, you want that time. Um, that honeymoon stage can, can definitely mask a lot of things. And that's what's scary because I also did some research on my end. And one of the things that stood out to me um, is that 
oftentimes you won't you can't tell that they're an abusive person because they don't do it right away it Mm -hmm. tends to happen once they're kind of comfortable and once they feel that they um you know that they feel that those feelings are there Mm -hmm. then that's when they kind of start to slowly show some of that aggressive side because early on they're not going to do that and that's why it's so hard to spot somebody who has those abusive traits right exactly and a lot of times what had happened or what i'd hear is as a red flag which i did not know was a red flag is that the entire failure uh, from a previous relationship was his former partner was crazy oh it was her fault I had nothing to do with it. It was all her. She was crazy. And I would believe it thinking, well, this is a good guy. He doesn't seem anything like he would hurt someone. I feel bad for him. I wear my heart would wear my heart on my sleeve and, you know, and not knowing any better. That's a key red flag when someone doesn't take action, responsibility for their actions. Um, that's a huge red flag right there. Mm. And, right. and they never like, have any fault. Yeah. Yeah. And I never knew that until it was uh, too late for that. Um, sometimes, you know, they'll criticize you, make you think like you're crazy. You could tell them stories. Um, I do have depression. And one of the issues would be, well, you're just insane and it's all your fault and you're just this crazy person and they would make me feel like because my depressed because I have simple depression it was way worse than what it was and I believed them so I stayed with that person because I felt that they could comfort me and they knew what was best for me not Mm -hmm. realizing that wait a second they're trying to manipulate and turn things around and make me crazy which goes into gaslighting um, Mm -hmm. of you know trying to make you crazy and make other people think that you are crazy right and, and that term for people is that's a term that um, sometimes people throw around but you know we want to make sure that we explain that a little bit for those of you who may have just heard it for the first time um, but gaslighting is a technique it is actually a technique that people use or abusers use um, to to basically like Danielle is saying, make you feel like what you're saying is invalid. Um, oh, I, I saw these, I saw, you know, five blonde hairs on your, on your shirt and lipstick on your collar. I don't know what you're talking about. You probably did that trying to make me uh, look like I'm cheating. Why would you do something like that? Uh. That's an example of how gaslighting works. You have a really valid concern with proof sometimes of whatever the behavior is and the abuser flips it on you and then convinces you whatever happens is your fault that you're responsible for the behavior well look what you made me do i wouldn't have hit you if you had quit nagging me um those are examples so we want to make sure people are are aware of what that behavior is and you can find the term out there on uh anybody's um you know, search on any uh, search engine or whatever. So, Danielle, um, and I know, again, we, we asked you before the interview uh, started if it was okay if we if we asked these questions uh, for, you know, for the interview. 
what was the what was the extent of the abuse that you um, endured? Um, just researching, we know that there's emotional abuse, there's financial abuse, there's physical violence, there's sexual abuse within relationships. Uh, and this is with an intimate partner now. This is not somebody who's a stranger. This is somebody you were in a relationship for how long? I was with this person for, I'd say, a year, almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and started in the beginning acting like the honeymoon stage. And um, my gut kind of kicked in when he would go off and you know, would hide his phone and, oh, it's nothing, it's work, it's work. And then it would turn into him getting really angry but knew not to put his hands on me Um, and blowing up in heated arguments, um, but then turn around saying, I'm crazy. It's your mental stage. I'm not doing anything wrong. You're crazy. You're just like my ex. You're crazy. And would continue on verbally abusing me uh, with that. And then it took a turn in the fact that he became a stalker. Because Mm -hmm. when I finally said enough is enough and I'm leaving you, he couldn't take the word no. Oh, wow. So instead of not putting his hands on me. It was worse. He was stalking me. He physically almost crashed my car because Mm. I would not pull over and talk with him. I tried dating someone else. He would leave me gifts at my door. I got the police involved and he went to jail overnight, slap on the wrist, get out. We do it all over again. Um, and finally the police, you know, said, all right, enough is enough. I had built up enough case for that. Unfortunately, he manipulated the system and turned it against me because we were at the same place, same time. And I had the proof that he, what came over to my car, whatever it was, the judge that day didn't want to hear anymore and they put me in jail. What? Mm-hmm. They put me in jail. Wow, this is unreal. Um, it's like a lifetime movie, really. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me expound on this. As far as the whole gaslighting methods, um, there are several ways to go about it. But bottom line, what that individual is trying to do is trying to make you question your sanity. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make you question your own reality mm-hmm. so that what you, so that what you are witnessing or what yeah. you are noticing isn't really reality and by doing so yeah. he that also starts to spill over with people around you whether it be mm-hmm. friends or family so then they start to get this conception that you're insane and you're the crazy yeah. one and you're the one with the issues and then it obviously turns into it's always your fault and therefore right. it leaves them with zero accountability. Right. Yep. right. Exactly. So that way, um, and I also saw this on the website when I was doing some research that 
for a lot of and listen, I've I can actually attest to this where I've had a couple of friends who have been physically abused, but even as they were physically abused, they were still in love with these men and they subconsciously would try to justify their behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would make me wonder, like, I don't understand how a woman would do that or a person would do that because let's be real, men can be in abusive relations too. And it's not always physical um, as far as with these kind of relationships. However, what one needs to remember with any situation like this is that if if they couldn't help it, then they would do it all the time and any time. But if you right. notice, a lot of the perpetrators that be, do these abusive tactics, they only do it in private. Yes, mm-hmm. that is correct. And they make that's another red flag is where they will act like everything is perfect, that the relationship is perfect, but really behind the scenes it's not and so many women are afraid to leave because they feel that they have nowhere to go Mm -hmm. um and there are places that you can go and get help um and you don't need to stay you don't need to stay danielle i want to ask you um so obviously you went through this experience and you are, you know, a survivor and you're no longer involved in this uh, life uh, that you had with this individual. But um, how do you feel that this has affected your overall way of life? It has affected me in that I'm very cautious of who I date, people that I surround myself with, Um because you just don't know, but I'm, I've educated myself um, to know more of red flags, to know more about the gaslighting so that when I hear them, I can just stop that relationship immediately and move forward, whether it be an intimate relationship, a friendship, Mm. uh, whichever way, because friendships can do the same thing. They can be, have red Mm -hmm. flags and say that, certain things and they could mentally abuse you as well Mm -hmm. um wow that's you know what i hadn't even thought about that that's incredible yeah you're you're a hundred percent right on that yeah i have someone that a friend of mine that she she recently is going through a mental abuse of a best friend where the best friend is well, why are you always doing this and that? But Oh, come, come be here with me. And I need you for this. And I need you for that. Mm-hmm. But then turns around and yells at her for why did you do that? Hmm. Why didn't you do it this way? Wow. And these are all red flags. Uh, and they're control. friends. Mm-hmm. It's control. So if you surround yourself by good people and know what the red flags are and know that gaslighting happens, not just intimately with a partner, but with your daily lives on your job, Mm -hmm. on your job, anything you can, you can move forward and be a better person. Mm. So what was, what was one of the resources you used, Danielle? Um, Since it sounds like um, our judicial system really was not a turning point for you in a good way where they sent you to jail as opposed to your perpetrator. What, what did you do next? I just got on the computer and I just started Googling 
you know, abusive relationships and things started popping up of what I just said, what is red flags? And I'm like, what the heck is this? Why didn't I know about this? And you don't know about it until honestly, sometimes it's too late Uh because they don't teach this to us growing up. You know, our parents growing up wouldn't teach us, well, if you're ever in an abusive relationship, here's the red flags for that. Um, I know when I have children, that's something that I would will go over that with them because I feel that as a parent, they should know um, because it can happen again in any type of situation. Um, And I also looked up and found out that to make myself safe, I was able to change my address and that would it's called an address confidentiality. So I was able to move where I felt was safe mm-hmm. and keep my address. But if my stalker tried to come find me, they couldn't because publicly I'd have a different address. Oh, well, that's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. I remember you. I, I never knew that, about that. And that was very um, good to see that they have those resources out there for people who are trying to move on and move forward with their lives and leave that behind. And that way it just gives you like another level of safety. And every state has it. Every state has it. Um, You can do Google search. It's called address confidentiality. Um, And North Carolina has it, South Carolina, Georgia, New Jersey, and it will go in and show you what exactly you need. And a lot of times, all it is is your ID and a police report. So if you just had a police report and you didn't go to court yet, if you need to feel safe, they will help you with that. I wish I would have known that far beforehand, because if I would have known that, then I probably would have gone through that situation of Mm. the stalking because he wouldn't have known where I lived because they give you a different address in the same state when you're little like could be 10 minutes down the road from that person right but they can't just keep searching you and find you easily like nope if you don't have that that resource right and Mm. the and the police officers like if they pull you over you have to show them both that address and what you're on your license and even on your license it'll show the fake address so gosh forbid if it falls and you know he's stalking you it's not going to have your real address on there right so that's really a main key thing so if you need help in getting out just know that you can do that and you can move on and move to a safe place and they can't find you. Okay. Wow. So Danielle, uh, to kind of touch on that, if somebody finds themselves, if somebody has come with grips that they are in an abusive relationship and they are trying to get out of that relationship, what would be some tips or some strategies that you would tell someone to apply to work on getting out because literally it's sometimes for some people, it's literally like a plan, like an escape plan. Exactly. Um, I would make sure that you have money put aside because you may not be lucky enough to find a shelter right away. 
And you may have to sleep in your car, unfortunately, or a hotel. So make sure you have, you know, water and just like make it up as an emergency bag and just say, oh, I'm just making this as my emergency bag because we get storms. So you have water and some food in there so that when you are ready to leave, you can just take that bag and go with you and keep your money with you at all times. Reach out to shelters and see if they can take you in. Reach out to minister ministers and, you know, the more you talk to people and explain your situation, they will give you plenty of resources. But the one thing I will say is don't be like Pinocchio and don't be crying like Wolf. If you're going to get out, then you get out. Don't go back because each time you go back, though you have the less chance of someone believing you. And then wow. when it gets worse and hits it, it's worse. No one will believe you. Mm. And then it's too late. So something that I would like to add um, that I've um, that I saw based on some of the things that I um, researched is for people who are trying to salvage a relationship like this. Um, the last time I checked on these uh, statistics, seven out of 10 abusers still relapse. So that means that even if you both go to counseling and you both have the right intentions of trying to make things better, there's still barely only a 30% chance of being successful. Mm. Right. A leopard will never change its spots. That's what my mother always taught me. And mm. that is one thing that got me to push through to say that I'm a survivor is that I won't go back because a leopard will never change its spots, no matter what they say. Oof. Wow, that's that's a lot to And you know, I was to gonna say, uh, Poppy, you were talking about what makes a woman or a person get in those relationships and stay. Trauma bonding is a term that people need to really research. Because that is a part of probably what's going on for a lot of people. And that's where the, the love bombing, where they show you so much love and affection. A lot of times abusers know who to pick. They pick people who are very loving, who are very affectionate, who feel like, oh, I'm needy and necessary. I'm needed and necessary in this relationship to be able to love on this person and I can help them. And they draw on that. Um, from those people and then once they've got you hooked then the abuse comes out and then the apologies then the show of affection then the lavish display of I'm so sorry I'll never do it again I love you so much I've been hurt so much in the past you know there's a whole cycle to abuse that's very complex and trauma bonding is one of those where you know you're both playing parts and it's hard to let that go because it becomes your new normal. Um, you know, talking about some of the, the red flags that Danielle has brought up. Uh, one of the things that I found on um, one of the websites I was looking at, we're going to list these on our description for the show, but perspectiveforparents.com listed eight warning signs and the intensity when they start up so fast and they want to fall in love so fast in a short period of time. Uh, jealousy. They're irrational when you interact with other people. Uh, they're controlling, telling you how to dress, how to speak, how to show up. 
Uh, isolation is a big red flag. They keep you away from your family and friends. Mm-hmm. They want you to be dependent on them. Mm-hmm. They only want you to spend time with them. Uh, the criticism starts in the cycle as well. You know, you're overweight, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're crazy. Um, they belittle your beliefs. Uh, sabotage is number six. Uh, they start having you miss work or school to take care of them or to do things with them. Um, they blame you for things. It's never anybody else's fault. I mean, it's never their fault, always somebody else's fault. And you spoke to that, Danielle. And then mm-hmm. anger, uh, overacting the small things is the first sign. But then moving on to severe mood swings, outbursts, drinking or partying excessively, threatening, um, making violent threats against you, making you feel afraid. When somebody makes you feel afraid or unsafe, uh, it doesn't matter if they haven't hit you yet because emotional abuse is real. Financial abuse is real. There's some people who can't leave because they no longer have access to the money in the, in the partnership. That's very real. um, And I've witnessed that. So, you know, Ladies and gentlemen, it's important that you always have access to your funds. You always um, have access to your own money. My mom taught me you should always keep your own kitty. Even if you have a um, an, an hour kitty, you should always have a you kitty. Uh, just for, for things that go on. Not because you suspect your husband's going uh, or your spouse or whoever's going to not give you money. But in case they turn it to that person, you won't have to worry about it. Um, that's true but very such a helpful show today danielle um you just you just don't know how many people you have probably helped by sharing your own example of of what um a domestic abuse survivor has gone through and some of the challenges that we still face um if there was one thing that you would say our system really needs to do better in terms of protecting the innocent from from perpetrators what would it be believe believe in the victim believe in the victim because slapping the person who is doing this on the wrist throwing them in jail for one night letting them get out to do it all over again is not helping it's not helping our system they need help and they need to stay in there longer to get that help. Mm. Mm. This has been a very um, powerful um, conversation. Um, I hope that uh, none of our listeners are experiencing any of this. But if they are, there is uh, ways to go about it to get help, to get resources, to get a plan in place to get out of that situation. And again, I want to emphasize that not all abusive relationships mean physical abuse. It can also be mental, which can be just as detrimental uh, for us. Um, So it's very important that, oh, well, he doesn't hit me, but if he's treating you like shit and he treats Mm -hmm. you like, you know, like you're a piece of trash, that's definitely not uh, good for any long-term success as far as a healthy relationship. Right. Uh, some of the resources that we do want to make sure we share before we um, end our show today include in Charlotte metro area, there's the Safe Alliance uh, and Victim Assistance. 
Uh, the number for them is 980-771-4673. Again, that's 980-771-HOPE. H-O-P-E is the number for that group. Uh, and then the other one that I um, looked up is the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network RAIN Sexual Assault Hotline, and that is 800-656-HOPE. So again, it ends with the, with the last four digits, 4673, but that's 800-656-4673, excuse me. And with that particular one being a national number for um, people that may be listening in other places across the U.S. to our podcast, uh, they will connect you with a trained staff member from a sexual assault provider in your area. So uh, it is a a resource connector and they will find um, a shelter or a resource in your locale uh, because it does happen in in all sorts of places, Uh, small towns experience Domestic abuse, just like large cities do. Uh, teen dating violence is becoming uh, a more and more reality. Mm. Um, it says that one in four girls and one in every six boys will be sexually assaulted before their 18th birthday. Wow. On one of the statistics that I, I looked up on the CDC website. That is terrible. Terrible. Uh, three, terrible? Women, three women are killed every day by an intimate partner. Wow. Um these are some real statistics guys and it is not too late to to make uh, a choice to save yourself uh one in seven men because i was interested in the statistics for men one in seven men have been victims of severe physical violence beating burning strangling that's an example of uh, what that physical violence is by an intimate partner and 65 percent of all murder suicides involve an intimate partner and 96% of the victims of these crimes are females. Um, it's, it's crazy. Um, in 2020 in North Carolina, there were 91 intimate partner homicides. Wow, that's, 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 that's a lot. astonishing. Goodness gracious. In a, in a state the size of ours, yeah. Uh, 2018 um, statistic, this was the last one I had, domestic violence accounted for 20% of all violent crimes across the U.S., 20%. That's like a fifth of all violent crimes. It was domestic abuse. Yeah, I mean, this is why we wanted to do this show because, listen, um, this is something that's happening to a lot of people. It's happening within our families and we have no idea. So mm-hmm. uh, it's important that people get help. Uh, if you don't feel like you know where to start or what to do, reach out to some of these resources and they will absolutely help you. Um, some of the research that I did, I used the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, their phone number is 1-800-799-SAFE. Uh, it's 24-7 and confidential, and you can speak to their representatives, and they will literally listen to you, and they will literally try to give you resources in your local area, and they will give you tips, and they will try to work with you to establish a safe, sound plan to try to extract you out of that situation. So by all means, use your resources, reach out to people, check online. And obviously if this person, whoever, you know, the abuser is, 
if they're constantly checking your uh, you know web searches or whatnot, then you have to make sure to delete that or use a friend's cell phone. Or maybe when you're at work, do some of this research mm-hmm. and find these resources and seek help before it's too late. Please. Uh, Danielle, we're so glad that you are in a safe space and that you were able to share your story with us today uh, on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate you opening up and being willing to um, relive such a, a traumatic time in your life and, and share with us so that we can help other people um, see the red flags and, and act before it's too late. So thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you, ladies. Happy holidays. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-799-7233 for those who need help getting out of any abusive relationship. Thanks and have a great night.